The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website at bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week, Dave Gillam is my special guest. As well as answering your gardening questions on all things from hydrangeas, tomatoes to yellow beetroot, we'll also bring you some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's start this week with plant of the week. What do we got this week? Acanthus or bear's breeches. I always used to think it was bear's breeches, but in fact it's nothing to do with bears at all. It's a term that was used uh, by the Greeks, so absolutely nothing to do with bears at all. It's an interesting plant that originated from tropical Mediterranean areas and perhaps down into Asia, but actually is a very popular herbaceous plant for the garden here in England, and particularly tolerant of our East Anglian dryness. It'll tolerate a bit of shade, a bit of sun, but in fact is excellent in drought. You have a struggle to kill it. It has... Um, a sort of spiked leaf, but not a dangerously spiked green leaf that looks, well, could it be a bit like a thistle? Yes, it could be in some sort of way. It's uh, got lovely large leaves and then they're spiky. They are spiny, but not dangerously. And the flowers, spikes coming up from the crown of the plant, which are, they're white, but they have a purplishness to them and very attractive. And in fact, they're flowering right now. They will flower from now right through till late summer. And uh, it's, it's interesting that the plant has been used for all sorts of things. And in fact, the leaves are used in Indian and Chinese medicine. And it's also used as an antioxidant. And in fact, if you have Thai herbal tea, you might actually be drinking something made from the leaves. They self-seed and in fact can be a bit of a pain if you don't want them to grow everywhere because they do pop up everywhere although they actually are a rhizome plant they've got a very deep rhizome root and they will spread by rhizome as well in other words the roots will produce new plants throughout your bed so they are what and why would you plant it well i'll tell you what it's a great structure plant it fits in most borders it'll mix with just about any other colors and it will tolerate most soils and positions. What more could you earn? Go out, get some, plant them in your garden, and then you can let me know what you think of Acanthus, Bear Breaches. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Still to come on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, Dave and I will bring you some top tips on things you can be doing in the garden this week, but let's now hear what you've called us about. And we start with Beverly in Canoodon. Hello, Ken and Dave. Morning. Um, three things. 
clematis that's not blooming, runner beans that aren't running, and potatoes, when do I dig them up? Okay, let's start with the runner beans. What's up with your runner beans? Well, they, they've grown to about six inches, but now they're, they're, they're not twirling around the ropes and, and climbing. That's they're only going to be heat, really. It's a heat. So I would loads of water, give them a yeah. feed, and when it cools down a little bit, you'll probably find they'll uh, wake up and move on. Is it also worth watering and mulching yeah. in the evening? Yeah. Just check there well, isn't aphids because there's I a lot do of aphids. Water in the evenings, but Good. I wouldn't know quite what mulching is. Uh, any compost or anything you've got organic that you can just uh, cover the soil around the, the roots. Go out and buy some composted bark, that would do the job. Yeah. <laughs> it just help keep the yeah. ground cool because the hot ground, plants don't like it. Okay. What's well, up with actually, this? Actually, most of the day, uh, the runner beans are in the shade. Mm. It's still hot. It's still hot. The ground, in the, in the yes, sun. but your ground temperature is very hot now. That's the problem. Mm. Right. What's up with your spuds? Why? Where? Where are when? you growing? No, nothing's up with the spuds. I've got them growing in uh, black plastic bags. Right. Um, they're right up to the top. The flowers on one lot. Oh, have flowered and are, are dying back, mm -hmm. and the other the others are in flower. So the, I would the ones that are finished flowering are probably an earlier variety. Yeah. Um, the ones that are just in flower, leave those you know alone. Generally, when they finish flowering, it's time to start. Best way to do in bags is go rummaging, go fettling <laughs> in there and see yeah. with your hands and see if you can find some. In the tubs. They came up to the point in, you want to get in them the bags. out. Yeah, but some take a few out that you can reach and then give it a couple of weeks, tip the bag out and have the rest. Okay. Now, now yeah, the, clematis, the clematis, is it an early flowering? When did you plant it? Etc. Right. Um, they're early summer, through the summer, the, the president and top to bottom. And when did you plant it or is it an established one? It's an established one. And did you prune them down in the spring? Yep. Yeah. yeah, right down to about three inches. Well, there's some in the, in the garden that have only just started flowering that would normally flower earlier. So I think yeah. it's just our lovely climate. It'll come. It'll come. Be patient. Plenty of water. Plenty of water. Plenty of water. <laughs> Reg from Althorn. Hello, Reg. Hello. What are we talking about, Reg? Um, I'm talking about gladioli. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we planted several clumps of gladioli from the local seed people uh, and they've all got they've all grown very well very strong lovely green leaves no flowers a bit early it's a bit it's early, early for them yeah. ones that are left in the ground from the previous year quite often will flower earlier but any that are newly planted aren't really flowering yet. I'm seeing a lot on the allotments that are just green spikes and no flowers as yet. So, so give it, when, is, when is the right time then? Depends on the varieties, but quite often, they're often in flower where, where I am. July time, at the same time as the dahlias are just about coming. So sort of end of July into August, depending on the varieties, but it's still a bit early for new planted ones. So I think the, the, so the, the leaves uh, come well before the... Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, well before. I think also, Reg, it's a bit confusing because lots of the shops and supermarkets have got gladioli in now. But, mm. of course, they've been 
a protected crop that's been grown specifically for cut flowers. So we see them everywhere at this moment, expecting yeah. ours to be in flower in the garden. Yeah. And we go into the veg plot with Sheila in Toshin Nights, don't we, Sheila? We do. Morning, Ken. Morning, Dave. Morning. Um, I pulled some beetroot this morning, um, thinking mm. if I have the tea tonight with salad. And uh, when I've cooked them, they don't have any colour. They've, they've gone, they've just, a yellowy colour rather than that lovely beetroot colour. You didn't you didn't buy a yellow variety, <laughs> did you? No, 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 no. No. You sure? Absolutely sure. <laughs> are, I mean, are they actually distinctively yellow? Yeah, yes, they're yellow, but in the middle of uh, in the middle of uh, of them there's a very there's a beetroot coloured dot. <laughs> right the way through the part. Do you think the seed has got mixed? Because what you sound seed. like is when when they were growing when yeah. you pulled them, what was the outer colour? That was also a sort of a yellow, yellowy yeah. colour as well. You've got, you've, you've got a mixed you've seed got packet. You've got a mixed seed packet. Oh, OK. Because they come... I, I, I didn't realise they did the, the uh, other colours. I was hoping you know, for the nice beetroot colour. But the, yeah. other, the other plants... You get yellow, row, orange. You get lots the other of different... plants in the row have got... To, I had another look afterwards, and the, the other plants in the row are, are of the normal beetroot colour. Yeah. You can get, well, they, they tend to call them ra rainbow packets where you yeah, can basically mixed. get yellow, red, right. orange and so on in there. And it sounds like you've got a, a packet of those, whether it was intentional or not. Um, but no, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was to have the nice colour. They, they couldn't have been bleached by the sun or anything like no, that. No, no, no. no. It, have a taste. I'm sure they still taste nice. No different to a yellow tomato. All right. All right. Well, I like yellow, yellow tomatoes. Well, there you go. <laughs> you, no, yellow tomato, yellow beetroot. I was getting all excited. Yeah. I love a bit of bald beetroot. Yeah. <laughs> you can have some beetroot if you like. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sheila. That's lovely to hear from you. Um, yep, yeah, mix. It, either she's picked a mix, but all occasionally, seed companies do get it wrong. The sachet goes in the wrong pack. It does indeed. Don't forget that number to call is 0800 4041. Send us some texts as well. Uh, Suzanne in Basildon has got hold of us as well, and that's eight. One triple three. Start your message with the word Essex. Wilma in Morden. Morning to you. Ha how's, um, how, how are you doing in your garden then at the moment? Quite well. Um, I have a very mature Tracheospernum jasminoid. Yeah. It's bloomed beautifully, but the blooms are over now. I have never pruned it, but it's become too heavy. Um, it's thickness-wise, for yeah. the fence and the wires to support it. Can I prune it, and how will I do this? I I would set to it with a pair of shears. Shears, yeah. <laughs> You're a man after my heart. That's how I like pruning. I know. Dave loves his shears. Just set to it with a pair of shears. They're, they're okay. really good. I mean, you can buy them, and, and they're sold almost toperied, shaped. Um, you can just really take them back. It's finished flowering. It'll flush yes. up again. Um, just take it to where you need to. The only thing with shears is you will cut some of the leaf, and then yeah. the leaf will go yellow, just as um, you know things yeah. do. But if in... you've got if you've got all weekend, use use your use secateurs. secateurs. <laughs> yes, okay. Really got the job done. Okay. Shears. As long as I'm not going to damage it, because no. I'm very very lucky that I inherited it. It was here when I came, and it's just wonderful. The only thing I wouldn't do, um, as we were sort of talking a bit earlier, is about cutting in in full middle of the day. On evergreens, no. it can just scorch leaves. So just yeah. wait till later in the day and maybe, uh, dare I say, get the hose out and give it a cool down after um, yeah. with some water and it just saves a bit of scorch. That, 
that's absolutely brilliant. Just before you go, and I'm glad it's you this morning, Dave, because I've asked you before about this freckles clematis. Yes. Now, um, you, um, I learnt from you that I do that with the shears <laughs> yeah. um, after winter. Now, usually I get a second flowering in June, yeah. but I haven't this year. That's weather, so, isn't it? Yes, it is, but yeah. I'm sure it is. But shall, that, shall I still use the shears now <laughs> in order to promote the winter flowers? Um, I wouldn't no. because it hasn't set the first lot of buds, so I would just leave, oh. leave it tight and, and let it go into a normal flowering routine and then carry on regardless. I Next think it's just purely the weather. Winter. Just give it a bit of a, a jolt. And if oh, you get... I'm glad I've rung because I think I would have um, hacked it down. No, <laughs> no. no you've okay. got to be a bit careful Sometimes with you can leave the shears alone. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I'll do that in time. Hang on, and both, both of those will benefit from a liquid feed at this time yes. of year as well. Yes. OK, I'll do All that. Right. Thanks very much for your help. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Back to your gardening questions in a moment. But right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> it's... Uh, Sunbathing yeah. weather, really, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's really only one job, and it's relentless day after day after day. My well, my arms are getting longer and longer every time I walk backwards and forwards with the watering cans. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you know, it is important, but it's important that we don't just keep giving a little water, isn't it? Yeah, I think you need to, after, well, we haven't had any rain for a good month or so, so it's been about selective about what you want to keep going and watered. So lawns, there's no point, really. Our green and pleasant land isn't so green at the moment. Um, But generally your plants, perennials, anything that's newly planted, water a lot, but not every day. So one real good watering once, twice a week will probably see them through more than the uh, splash and dash Because if you, if you splash and dash, as you said, the roots actually start to go the wrong way, don't they? Yeah. They turn and come up to the They'll surface. They come up to the water, and then as soon as the sun comes out, they get roasted, and, and basically the feeding roots will, will die. Now, we see people, I do, as I drive <laughs> around, watering in the day. Are we just wasting water, do you reckon? If you do it enough, it has a benefit, ideally morning or evening so it's got a, a chance to soak into the ground before the sun comes up and warms it out and we've got to remember fit there are crops like onions that are out there that are going to start putting on size now um, but if you don't water them they're not going to they need the water to really store and they'll just bolt and go to seed yeah. otherwise won't they we'll end up with spring onions instead of proper onions thank you dave and we'll have more top tips for the next seven days later on in the podcast The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. I think we're going to talk to Richard and Eve. We've got an email, a couple of emails. Ian Ploughman has uh, sent a beautiful picture in of his ballerina tree. We'll uh, be discussing that in just a moment. And uh, let's go first to Richard down in Romford. Hello, Richard. Morning, Ken. Morning, Dave. Morning. Uh, uh, Tomato plants. got uh, four tomato plants growing. They've got um, tomatoes on them, but all the leaves have gone dead, and the trusses up above that are dying off. Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Mm-hmm. It, it's probably it's a bit early for for blight. It can't but, um, be blight, can it? It's it blight could be around. just purely sun scorch. I've seen tomatoes scorch well, at the um, tops. Funny enough, they're, we, uh, they're in the shade anyway. Oh. Blimey. 
time. But all the leaves have died off, and the, the trusses above that, what, where the tomatoes are growing, the other trusses, what are coming out, are dying off. Have you um, checked for some, anything like whitefly under the leaves? Well, well, well they're all they're starting to curl up and dying, so I haven't, no. Are they, are they curling before they're dying? Uh, they are curling, yes. Sounds like aphid then, mm. doesn't it? I think you'll probably find you've got a bit of whitefly in there, which are tiny, um, but once they start sucking on the leaf, it will react, oh. and with heat as well, it will react quicker. Um, have oh, a little God. look. Yeah, what about the trusses? What are uh, growing above that? Well, where, they might they might continue the a bit, but if you get some more growth, some green growth, yeah. if you get some more leaf growth that you can hang on to, then the leaves will help to feed the plant enough to ripen the tomatoes. Oh, so uh, what do you suggest me to do then? To feed the plant, or I would, I would check the the under leaves. You see lots of little white flecks. Um, yeah. Then. It's white fly. Give them a spray yeah. with a, a vegetable spray, one that's not systemic, um, yeah. and then perhaps you know give them a water and feed. But you'll probably find if it is aphids, once you treat them, the plant might perk up. Oh, okay then, Ken. Lovely. Okay right. then. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, thank you, Richard, for your call. And we go to Eve in Hollow. Hello, Eve. Good morning. Um, it's just a query, actually. Um, what purpose do ants? <laughs> uh, what purpose are they? What purpose are ants? The, well, their main purpose is to tidy up. I think they, you know they will move stuff around and, and help composting, but their their main objective seems to be placing aphids on plants so that they can uh, have the honeydew out the back end of the aphid. <laughs> so once you see an ant up a plant, you know you're going to get some aphids soon. <laughs> Only um, I've emptied my compost bin out, and at the bottom there's an ant's nest. Oh, that, now that's good. That's, that's not no a bad problem. thing. Uh, you know, they they have a purpose. They are cleaners. They're caretakers, really, in a, a very micro way. But um, the 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 pain of them is that they do farm aphids on plants. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to keep them tamed. <laughs> that's it. R- right, tamed ants. <laughs> <laughs> tamed ants. That's that's Thank an in, interesting question, though, Eve. Um, you know, we don't we think there's lots of things that we we think. Oh, well, they're just. They're there. there. They're there. Yeah. I always think the one that people get very worked up about is hoverflies because yeah. they look like little wasps. Yeah. But in fact, the hoverfly does so much to pollinate, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And wood, very wood lice seem to get a rough deal, don't they? They really? do. Very They're only there to clean up. Poor old wood lice. <laughs> Poor old Woody. 0800 111 That's the number to call. Why not drop us a text as well? That's 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. Or are you all out there sunning yourself in the garden? I'm sure you are. And uh, Vera in Basildon is next up. Hello, Vera. Oh, good morning. Um, I've got a five-foot hydrangea out the front, and it's looking very sorry for itself, but the only way I can get water to it is uh, keep like, running buckets and that through the house. And uh, yeah. I'm really finding that a bit hard at the moment. I wondered if it would help the plant if I cut the blooms off. It would, I mean, five-foot-high hydrangea is a big hydrangea. It's massive. It's very big. <laughs> um, do you ever it, prune it? Um, well, just cut it back. No, do, do you ever prune it? Oh, I do, yes. Oh, that's yeah. all right then. Um, you can, and if you reduce the plant, it might help. But I think, don't quote me, but they were talking about rain next week. 
um, somewhere. A quick spurt. A mm-hmm. quick spurt. That might help you. But I, I would just bear with it. Do what you can do. And hopefully we'll get some, uh, some of that wet stuff oh. and uh, it'll perk up. But so it'll be a shame to lose the flowers just to... Yeah, you know, I'd hate to lose it. It's blue and pink and mauve, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, you won't, I mean, the plant will get by, it just won't look happy for a bit. I'll, I'll just keep watching it then and uh, see how it goes. I think you'll find that, you know, I've, I've, I hate to say it, but I can remember a drought year in my earlier life, and I remember hydrangeas actually looking so sick. Was that, that they, 76, Ken? That, it was 76, yeah. <laughs> and, in fact, the hydrangeas, literally, the leaf was just down... Yeah. flat on the ground yeah. and they still came back plants oh. are incredibly tough oh, so it, especially it established ones. Shade, so that may help yeah that'd yeah. be fine just hold tight okay oh, okay thank you very much for your help <laughs> that's vera in basildon um another tip perhaps you should think about is is we keep encouraging people to mulch around yeah. their plants but no good now but next no. winter mulching and uh, go on from there and in ingotston hello Anne. hello <clears throat> Um, I have a miniature ballerina plum tree that gave up the ghost suddenly two years ago. The structure that is left is fairly dramatic, and I've secured various coloured pots in the short branches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grew cascading albrecia, which looked lovely but was very short-lived. Mm. Can I grow alpines in these containers, or what would you suggest as a permanent planting, maybe? Well, you could... Um Things like the Sempervirens, the house leeks, which seem to be very popular at the They're moment. They're trendy, aren't they? They're very trendy. You could be trendy and go, go house leek. I mean, there, there used to be weeds on roofs, didn't they? But, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, some of the, there's some lovely uh, sedums in the alpine. If you look in the alpine section, very small-leafed sedums that will creep over and trail over, and oh, give you some lovely. awesome late flower, and they'll be resilient you know, for drying out and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd have a good look. And they'd also tolerate just over, watering over the top as well, yes. so that they're yeah. not going to burn that no. easily because oh, that's, right. okay. that's what they put up with. So you could yeah. you could pour your liquid feeds and everything over yeah. the top. I mean, not... really go for the smallest, you know, the smallest of leaves on them because they're the ones that tend to be a bit more compact that will trail over. Yeah. You do in the alpine bits sometimes get some of the larger sedums but happen to be growing in a small pot, so they, oh, they, right. will, they won't suit. But small-leafed. Yeah. Um, sedums and any of those sort of plants will do well. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you All both. Right. Thank okay. you. Bye. And they are miniature plum. Actually, people are growing more and more small trees, aren't they? Small gardens. Small gardens. Colin from Springfield. <laughs> Hello, Colin. Good morning, gentlemen. What you got? Good morning. Morning. Uh, Cosmos. Yes. Lovely, strong plants. 12, 15, 18 inches tall. Lovely. Not a single bloom on them. Depends on the variety as to... Just starting, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're only just starting to get going, and some of them are flower at two, three foot plus. Um, if it's right. any of those, then they won't be producing buds quite yet. Yeah, I'm not sure my brother grew them from seed, sort of thing. <laughs> Most of the seed <laughs> ones are the taller on. ones, and they will flower later. Right. What you see in the garden centres tend to be the bedding short ones because they flower on the short plant right. in the pot. And in fact, they'll okay. flower right into the autumn. So although you're going to get later oh, flowers, they'll go right into the autumn. Lovely. All right. That's great stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, one it, other quick question while you're there. I had a new Colin. patio laid the other day, yes. and there was a bit of bit of board, bare board next. So I, I got a roll of turf from a local uh, garden centre. Uh-huh. A lot of it's sort of dying off, even though I'm watering it. Will that come back eventually? It, or? it will be just like all the rest of the, 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 the lawns. Turf. 
Yeah, yeah it's very a new turf trying to keep enough water in it. It's only got about an yeah. inch of roots, um, and yeah. the sun hitting it, it will scorch it, but it, it will fluff up. But it's you. worth trying to keep it watering. It's it, worth yeah. trying okay. to keep watering it. Oh, yeah, it. keep on top of it while you can, but once it cools yeah, down, I'll it, water it every it'll evening flush out. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Thank you very much indeed. Bye. Colin had rung us on 0800 111 There's a line free at the moment, so you can give us a call on that number. Or if not, text us, just as Rob has, as Maureen has, and I haven't answered Suzanne in Basildon either. So uh, we'll just go straight to Brenda in Dartford across the water, aren't you, Brenda? I am indeed, yes. Well, we're a much better gardening uh, programme over here, you know. It's the only gardening programme I listen to. Well, there you are. You see, quality yeah. comes from Essex. In fact, it's the only station I listen to all oh, oh, week well, long. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell them in Radio Kent, though, will you? No, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> what can anyway. we do for you, anyway? Uh, good morning, uh, Ken and Dave. Morning. Um, right, I've got a Budlia, five-year-old. Um, I bought it uh, mail order. Um, it's planted in what I call my gravel garden. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm disabled, I can't dig and mow lawns. And, um, so I created a gravel garden with shrubs. And the budlia this year is covered, all the leaves are covered with a sticky, shiny substance. Yes. And also the gravel underneath the shrub and surrounding the shrub is all sticky mm. and shiny. Lovely. Lovely. Not, not known it before. <laughs> No, well, no, it's a good year for aphids. It's a great year for aphids. Um, yeah. They're loving it. And up in the top of that plant, near the tips, you will have aphids uh, up there. And they're, they're just taking a sap out of the plant and they basically process it. And that honeydew I mentioned earlier is what's all over your leaves. Unless you have you got any, you haven't got any trees above them, have you? No, 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 no. It's just the like a lime tree above. Yeah. but it is. It's just purely aphids up there, and they are. They just drop it. It rains down from from them. Oh. Isn't it one pair of aphid? Isn't it one pair of aphid can actually breed enough to fill a skip by the end of the season? That <laughs> I think that's some... a Jeff Hodge quote. Oh, yeah, oh. that's oh. about right, that isn't it? That's yeah, how much they breed. And this weather, that they love perfect. It. So turning it around very quickly. I mean, the flowers are fine. It is yeah. mothered in white spikes. Because it's, it's an older plant, it's, it's established, it's, it's yeah. withstanding a bit of attack. Um, but yeah. really, if you can, you know, even if it's a soapy water attack, have a go. But if it doesn't knock them out, you'll have clean aphids. All right. <laughs> OK, thanks very much. And we go back to, oh, a bit more local. We go to Carolyn Stock. Hello, Carol. Hello there, gents. Hello. I hope you can help me. I've got a climbing rose that's called Leaping Salmon, and mm-hmm. I planted that in the spring, so this is the first year I've had some buds off of it. Now, when the buds were formed, they started to droop from the leaf stem. Not the whole stem. The stem was fine, but from the leaf stem, they just drooped. And then, of course, the following the flowers that followed, they just drooped. Yeah. So I thought perhaps I'm over under or over watering it. So yes. I checked before I watered it, I checked around the base, I dug it up with my little fork and I thought, no, that's just, you know, when you pick up the earth in your hands and you think it doesn't stick to your hands, but you think, no, there's moisture there, I'll leave it. Yeah, and I cool. usually I usually do the road now about every other day looking at it and thinking, looking at the dirt and thinking, no, that's, I mean, there's only five little buds on there. They've all come into flower. They've all drooped from that mm. loose joint. Every and other day on a rose sounds quite a lot. It depends how much you're giving it, but um, 
And the right. problem is it's a new plant, newly planted, yeah. so it wouldn't have developed a decent root system or got no. out and down. Too and much. the heat tends to promote growth on the top, right. but not necessarily roots at the bottom. So what okay. sounds like it's happening, the heat's, you know, it's getting hot, yeah. um, and the plant can't quite get all the water around itself to the top. It may have had a bit of root damage, you know, early on, if it's had a lot of water or through planting. Um, right. Just got to keep doing what you're doing what, the every other day watering? Well, checking. Okay. I would check. So and make check. sure, yeah. it, you know, I'd, I'd push a bamboo stick in by, by the plant. Yeah. And you can use it like a dipstick. So when you pull it out, if it looks damp, because it's been in the ground, right, you won't need to water. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I just ask you as well about, should I just deadhead them? I'll just deadhead them buds. Um, if they don't I'll look like going to do anything, just, out, just yeah. deadhead. Yeah. And right, perhaps right, okay. just remove it back about, you know, up to a third to reduce oh. the top growth. It'll right. grow again, don't worry. <laughs> so it's like a bit of a prune, really, yeah, rather than a yeah. dead head. So it's just balancing oh. the top and the bottom. Right, OK. Oh, that's fabulous advice. Thank you so much for that. That's a pleasure. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, myself and Dave have got some more top tips. Now, I, Dave, been out cutting hedges recently now you has grown a lot this year and in fact uh, has got a lot of growth on it yeah um and in fact you have to be a bit careful because the occasional bird is still in there so i think you have to be a bit careful although at this time of year we are allowed to cut hedges aren't we yes uh, they're normally uh, out and about by now as i've seen a lot of young young birds trying to fatten up and uh, fluff up and fly but it should be safe. So it's a good time to do, you know, evergreens like you. Um, but I have also cut some box hedging, <laughs> fair bit of box hedging, and realised a day later that, you know, the extreme weather we've had, I mean, yeah. where it's been 20, high 20s, I've actually burnt them a bit. <laughs> They've gone a bit <laughs> yellow. Now, I shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be admitting that, should I, as a, as a well-known gardener that's been doing it for years. But <laughs> so, sometimes you've got to get the job done. You have um, to, you're, I think you're dead it. right there. Um, so Box has again grown through all that early water that we yeah. had in the spring. Difficult to remember all that early water. But, <laughs> and uh, snow. Yeah, but... It did. It does burn, doesn't it? Yeah. But it, yeah. they'll come through, don't I mean, they? I mean, other ones like um, there's a lot of fatinia hedges out there, and if you cut those now, you'll you'll get another flush of red foliage. And, that looks and nice, ideally, they don't flower because once they flower, they tend to lose a lot of leaf, and you get a bare hedge. But, so um, plenty of time to get on with a bit of hedging if you're not cutting the lawn. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, obviously, there's not a lot of lawn to cut at the moment. Um, it's very brown and uh, crispy. In fact, the only green things on there are normally the weeds. So if you really want to get out there and the ground's soft enough to be able to get them out, you could perhaps get out the, the tap-rooted weeds or spot weed kill the, the weeds that are there, then hopefully we will get some rain soon. Now, we've been asked quite a bit about clover. Yeah. Now, clover, you'd have to do quite a large area. I mean, is it, are you going to damage the grass, do you think, that, that's burnt off if you're actually treating clover? I think not, there's nothing there to take in it. So as long as you're using a proper selective weed killer for lawns that's going to do the broadleaf, it's probably a good time because even clover's struggling, so the weed killer should have a good effect on it. Well, keep listening to the podcast as there's still more hints and tips to come. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. 
Eileen in Corringham is first up, and uh, what's she got for us today? I've recently purchased some new fuchsias called Hawkhead or yeah. Hawkshead. Little white flower. That's it. That's you it. know his, he knows his fuchsias, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Um, the thing is, I've I've planted them in two concrete containers. Mm. One of them looks brilliant. It's looking lovely. The other one, the back half of the plant, died to a crisp. The, the one the that's half, died to a crisp wouldn't happen to be more sun than the one that hasn't, would it? Well, they're um, actually on the shady side of the house. They only get sun first thing in the morning. Yeah. And it's the back of the plant, not the front, that's dried to a crisp. Um, anyway, I took it out of the pot and I washed the roots to see if there was anything in there. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find any grubs or anything. No, I don't know. Um, the leaves hadn't been eaten at all. It had been attacked by aphids. Mm. But it may... them, stems that were still nice. Next, next time the plant doesn't look very good, don't pull it out and wash its roots. <laughs> <laughs> it won't do it any good. Um... No, I don't. Well, the thing is, it looked like it was dying, so I didn't think... Um, so you thought I you'd kill it off completely? Saved anyway. I'll just, I'll just investigating to see if there's anything in the compost. Yeah, well, new plants, it's, it's unlikely. And ideally, when you're planting new plants in pots, you'd use fresh compost, so you shouldn't really be inheriting any problems. It was no, probably what, just... A, I did find something, and I'm wondering if it's the long-lasting fertiliser or something. Little round balls? There. Sorry? Was little it round balls? No. Um, these were um, oval in shape and they were sort of white grey colour yeah. and easily squished. Yeah, it, it depends on the on the brand. It's probably a commercial one. That they dissolve the fertiliser from the inside out. So as they're oh. being used and you put pressure on them, they're crushed like a small eggshell, really. Um, right. I just keep going. They were, I think they were very soft. Yeah, it should be. It could be slug eggs if they're transparent, but that wouldn't have killed the plant. they weren't transparent. No, I think it's just new plant, hot season. The back of the plant may have had a bit of... We have had a bit of morning dew on occasions, and then the sun just catching them in the morning. Will scorch foliage. They don't like the sun at all, generally, fuchsias. Um, Remember your hawk's head, when they do grow, it's one that doesn't necessarily need cutting to the ground each year. It will grow new growth on old growth, and you can get quite nice large plants out of them. Right. Right, so probably nothing Bear with it. to attack it. I, it I doubt it on a new plant. I think it's just transplant shock, new site, new place. Right, OK. So However, if I get another one, I might be OK. I reckon you'll be safe. <laughs> OK, that's lovely. Thank you very much. It's right. a pleasure. Uh, we're going to move on to Terry from Averley. Hello, Terry. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? We're fine. How, how's your cactus, though? Ah, now they're my cactus. Hopefully this is a success story and you might be able to just help me make it even more successful. <laughs> my other half, Doreen, was given this cactus 20 years ago and it was a tiny little thing that kept it outside. And last year, it's about a foot tall, maybe 18 inches tall, and it had a flower on it last year. Now this year... There are about five, six flowers that have come out already. There are five or six small cactus that are growing on it, mm-hmm. and it's in full sun. And yet when I've read up about it, it says not to have 
because I think it's, it's what they call um, a straw flower cactus. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that it, you know it's well looked after. That's all. Uh, well, <laughs> I think the fact you've got five flowers—they don't last very long, do they? The flowers—they drop. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, it sounds like you're doing everything you need to. It's 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 producing the the pups. It's producing plenty of flowers. Um, normally, you have to treat them a little bit mean to to get the flowering on them. And probably where we've had this heat that we have had has encouraged it to do so. You know more than it would. So I I wouldn't like to advise you to do anything other than what you're doing. Okay, what I've read about it says not to be in full sun, but this is in the garden and it loves it. Yeah, I don't know of many cactus that don't like sun. That's no. sort of yeah. the nature of the, the beast, really, isn't it? Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't... I wouldn't. I think, Terry, you know, when there's a success, gardening is something and looking after plants is something that if you're doing it right, you don't change because change to Mm. plants is the worst thing you can do. You're doing it right. You've got success. So leave well alone. You're doing it right. Trial and error and you've you've cracked it. All right, Terry. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That's all right. You're obviously, he's obviously a cactus expert. He is now, yeah. He is indeed. Let's go to Clive in Southend. Hello, Clive. Hello, good morning. Um, I've got a clematis. I think it's clematis montana. Mm -hmm. It was the the length of three fence panels, which they were basically holding it up, and I've had to chop it right back, and a great big swathe of it has just died, but there are a few green shoots. Do you think it'll survive, and can I help it in any way? I, I reckon you've cut back some <laughs> yeah. of the... I reckon the bits that have died are most likely the bits that you've cut by mistake. I I do just what you do, cut it back. Yeah. Um, Dave was just saying he's usually shears on things like that as well. <laughs> yeah, he's had, he's um, had to cut through about two foot. It's massive yeah, amount yeah. of thick. There'd be a stem in there somewhere that goes off to somewhere else and you've just caught it. So So pull pull the dead bit out and, yes, Montana normally just come back from the base. They grow like weeds, don't they, so they soon fill out Especially if you've got green shoots, Clive. Right. Can I help it along or not? Water will always help at the moment and feed. um, Liquid feed. Liquid feed just to the roots and see what happens. What sort of liquid feed? Tomato or...? Tom Wright or tomato food is good because it has some seaweed in there as well. Maxi crop. And it's high potash. Seaweed, is that better? That's that's good, yeah, yep. seaweed's good. Okay. Right, okay, lovely. Thanks for your help. Tonic for your clematis, it's as good <laughs> as that. Let's, uh, Brian from Harold Wood, you've got an interesting uh, question, haven't you, Brian? I have indeed. Morning, Kevin, Dave. Morning. Um, if I'd explain, I moved this year and I've finally got a garden again after 37 years and I found your programme invaluable. I listen to it week after week. But I'm, I've got a lawn and uh, basically... The, You're lucky. Most people have got brown patches. Yeah, don't tell the water company. Uh, <laughs> and I'm contemplating... I'm a keen angler and I'm contemplating getting a bulk of garden worms mm-hmm. to put on the lawn. Is that a good idea or not? I wouldn't put them on the lawn. They'd be all right in borders or in the compost heap. But if you no. if you increase lawns in uh, worms, worms in lawns, lawns. <laughs> you'll increase worm casts, um, and then that's another job to deal with. Yeah, um, does it not help the aeration though? I think if you generally aerate the lawn and look after it well, the worms will find them their own way there. Oh right, okay. Now my second question is: I've I've got two tomatoes plants. I have problems with aphids. <laughs> And sure enough, I've seen the ants running up and down the, the stems and so yeah. Now, I've been using a pesticide mm-hmm. with no success whatsoever. 
out of desperation, I used a aerosol insecticide. Yeah. Gave him a good spray. Hour later, I gave him a good uh, spray again with um, clean water. Yeah. And it's cleared it up completely. Yeah. The aerosol one, I think, is a slightly different makeup. Um, did it say ideal for indoor plants on it? No, in actual oh, fact, right. it's a fly and wasp killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, not recommended. We couldn't recommend, recommend that. It. <laughs> but it's amazing what things do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, we have to recommend anything that's got on the label that you can use it. But the other thing that Dave's, what Dave's implying is that sometimes plants get used to an insecticide yeah. and therefore it's good to switch insecticides. And that's actually what you've really done. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, it does work by switching insecticides. I was out of desperation because the pesticide. Was not working. No. You know, fire treatments and it, no. it, it, the are, are you buying? Are you buying it as a ready to use, or are you the, the pesticide, or as a concentrate? No, it's a ready to use. Yeah, you'd be better um, if you can get yourself a, a, a little mist bottle or a sprayer and buy the concentrate one. It's a lot cheaper, um, and you can make it at different doses. So when you look on the packet, it will give you different doses, so you can make it slightly stronger for more prevalent pests. Thank you very much, Brian. It's an interesting uh, question because it brought out about pesticides and how to use them carefully. And, of course, always read the labels <laughs> of pesticides and anything you buy from a garden centre or nursery. Uh, John, what are we talking about? Tomatoes, is it, John? Oh, hello there, uh, Dave and Ken. Yes, tomatoes. Um, I've got uh, t tomatoes in uh, a tub, a 30-litre tub, um, I do it every year, they come up lovely. But this year they've come up and there's a load of tomatoes on each, um, well, about eight or ten of them. And I'm just wondering, they're not growing bigger, they're sort of staying small. I'm wondering if they take some of them off so they give uh, the others a bit more chance to grow. How many, how many trusses do you think you've got on them? I've got four trusses on them. Yeah, I wouldn't worry. I think at four, if you've got more than four or five, then it's probably time to thin them out a bit. But... Um, it is just the plant getting going. I'm, I'm sure it'll be all right. Shame it'd be shame to waste tomatoes later, wouldn't it? Well, yes, uh, chutney and all that sort of That's thing, it. I suppose, couldn't it? We're in a big, <laughs> they're in a big planter. They're in a big yeah. pot, so they've got plenty of space, plenty of room. Um, yeah. Four trusses, I think it's just a case of waiting for them to you know, get going again. OK. OK, thanks very much indeed. Enjoy your tomatoes later on and just uh, don't forget you can give us a call on 0800 111 There's a line for it at the moment. It's 0800 111 I promised to go to Suzanne in Basildon. Uh, a small rosebush that's almost, almost finished blooming. When should it be cut back? We didn't cut it back last year. <laughs> so um, if it's a small rosebush... <clears throat> it's a bit bigger now. It's a bit bigger. Um... Would you just deadhead or would yeah. you cut it back? I would just keep deadheading it and then take it back later in the in the season. And Suzanne, if you give it a good feed as well, after your deadheading, you'll get a good chance of more bloom coming on. I'd like also to go to um, Ian Plowman. Now, Ian Plowman sent us a picture of his ballerina tree, didn't yes. he, Dave? And he's saying, what's all this white <laughs> stuff on the back of the leaf it's and all over the It's white woolly stuff, otherwise known yeah. as woolly aphid. Now, woolly aphid is a problem this year. Again, dry conditions, yeah. they love it, don't they? Yeah. And uh, how can, it's not easy to get rid of, is it, Dave? It sticks. It does stick well, and you can only really uh, spray and repeatedly you need to do it probably once and do it again ten days later um, to try to break the cycle of it. 
remember when you kill them, it won't, they won't just drop off. It will look like they're still there. Um, so perhaps after a couple of weeks, put your thumb on the end of the hose and give it a good wash good, off. Good wash, but they're always under the leaf generally, and it's quite hard. You've got to get the spray under there as well. And Anne Hampson sent us a picture of a hydrangea with marshmallow-looking things on it. Do you remember the little, <laughs> little? I showed you the picture there, yeah. little squiggles. Now that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because when we say what it is. It's not a very good description, is it, no. of what is there? No, they're a little down, but that's scale insect, which I'm surprised... They're it, breeding now, aren't they? They're going to be rife. Now. So is it is it systemic... Um, would you use a systemic insecticide on that to get into the... You've got more chance. I mean, you've got to get into the system. They really are stubborn. Um, so you've got to... You know, there's, there's several systemic ones out there. They don't last as long as they used to, but they still... You know, have a purpose for it. So you've got um, what are they called? You've got a couple. Well, Bravado of them, is still two systemic? to three weeks, where it used to be up to six. Um, I, I've really been using a lot of the um, Resolver Bug Killer more because it's not been used a lot before, so there isn't a resistance. A change of resistance. A change, but again, using the concentrate rather than the ready to use. And Bug Clear is still there, but that's really only about a week, ten days. <laughs> The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips Dave has for us this week. Well, we've got a plan for the future, even though uh, we're still struggling with the present at the moment. Um, So sowing things like spring cabbage, if you want spring cabbage in the spring... You need to sow those now and get them going as plants to plant. You're going to have to keep watering them. And keep watering, yeah. <laughs> it's always the case, we always see it, certainly in the garden centres, when things are in season, you can't then go out and buy them to have them. It's planning in advance. And certainly anything that's going to mature in the spring needs sowing soon, getting going, because it will overwinter slowly and grow slowly, so it is ready for the spring. And really, the other thing we've got is salads. Oh, I'm eating an untold salad at the moment, trying to uh, get fit and healthy and get holiday fit, but time to grow it still. Don't stop sowing because it will come through very quick at the moment with this heat. And if you don't sow repeat sowings, there won't be any later. And that means you can do things like, you know, uh, you do your onions, your spring onions, your radish. radish. Cut and come again lettuce. All the different lettuces you can do, can't you? And carrots. I mean, if you're sowing something like Awesome King, sow that now. You can harvest them young leave them in the ground through the winter and have them for Christmas. So it's just about keep going and it's quite hard when you're out there relentlessly watering as in I am. In fact, you mentioned the carrot. You could actually just do your thinnings as, as a salad, can't you? Just That's chop it. them into yep. a salad, so, couldn't you? So them nice and thick and, and have the thinnings out early, leave the others to mature. And a few nice new potatoes cooked as well. Yep. Salad, new potatoes. They're nearly out well, there, it can't they? be bad, can it, <laughs> eh? Yeah, seconds soon, so we've got to get onto those, but... I don't think the crops are, are going to be that big this year. You're not? No, not unless you So does that really mean potato up. prices are going to be expensive in the I shops? I would probably guess they might be. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. And let's get straight back to your gardening questions now. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's talk foxgloves with Eunice in Clacton. Sunny Clacton, is that right, Eunice? Hello, yes, it's beautiful today. Yes, thank you. Um, someone gave me some fox 
loves last year, the plants, which I put in my garden about July, August time, and um, they've been beautiful this year. They're dying back now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never grown them before, so I'm now not sure what I've got to do. Have you got seed pods on them? Um, well, they're forming, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, two things. Normally they last a year, two years, three years. Depends how well they are as a, as the clump no, that they not are. Not much longer, though. Not do much they? longer than that. So okay. um, normally the best way to do it is to let the seed pods dry and when they give them a little shake and they sound like they're, they're rattling like little maracas, mm-hmm. pop them open, scatter the seed around the area and then just prune them back down to perhaps sort of 9 or 12 inches, and hopefully the clump will refresh some new growth, which would be good for next year. But you've got a chance then of starting a cycle of new plants to replace. Oh, I see. So, yeah, so they, they might come back next year then. They might, yeah. yeah. Yes. But okay. belt and braces, scatter some seeds around as well. And they do self-seed if you leave them alone anyway, yeah. don't they, to a certain degree. Oh, yeah. And let's go to Francis in Colchester. Hello, Francis. Yes. Hello, hello. Morning. Morning. Um, my daughter moved house, to the, um, and she's got a badlia. Uh-huh. Uh, it's about eight foot away from the back door. It's trying to get in, really. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to... Well, I want to prune it, but it's in flower at the moment. That's right. I just wonder when and how deep you, you can, go, if you're not There's no it. reason that you couldn't prune it now, apart from you will prune off the flowers. I mean, it's a shame could, to lose a flower. You could wait, it? wait a couple of weeks and, and let the flowers sort of... Do a bit of a job, but um, you can prune them hard. I, I've, you can I, prune them pretty down to the ground, yeah. can't you, Dave? They will re- regrow quite easy from old wood, so take it to where you want to, um, but enjoy the flower for a bit longer. All right, Francis? Um, and what about the beech hedge? When can I prune that? And I want to prune it a bit hard, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, um, be- beech he- <laughs> right, beech hedge, I mean, if you want to reduce it, you could reduce it now, but the reason you you normally would cut a beech hedge and a, or a hornbeam in August, and that way it will hold its leaf through the winter, not not a dried leaf. It'll hold its dry leaves through the winter. Yeah. Okay, so cut the leaves now, and and it will grow again leaves. Yes, yeah. If you cut, yeah. if you trim it now, it'll grow new growth, and it tends to hold on to those. Or don't. Trim it in about August, it'll hold on to those leaves. If you want to reduce it to you make some it space, now. do, it, do now. it now. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. That's a pleasure. That's Francis in Colchester. We go down to Walton on the Nays to talk to John. Yeah, somebody has to phone from there. <laughs> <laughs> Just to prove they exist. Far east. <laughs> right. Please. What you got? David, I've waited ages to get home in time to call you before midday. <laughs> ask you if my geranium uh, is a record for the area or even the country it's 215 centimeters high 84 and a half inches from a cutting <laughs> in a seven inch pot how's that and i'm running out of canes high enough <laughs> you, you might want to pot it up at some point <laughs> did, did you never think of pinching the top out and making a nice bush of it <laughs> no, because every time I come in I thought there's nice three of them there they look lovely and it's going up and I put a bigger cane in and it went up <laughs> you could turn that into a full standard <laughs> and I took one leaf from it about, it's not the weather about, a, um, I don't know sometime last year, six months seven months, ten months ago yeah. just stuck it into an aloe vera pot and now the sun off 
is 46 inches high as well. <laughs> you got so green fingers. Like elephants here. Green, yeah. fing- green fingers, John. Um, what? I'll have to send you an email. You can have a look. So is that a send, record? Send, <laughs> send us a picture. We'll soon find out. But, John, what Dave was saying is, if it has, it's got no branches up the stem. Uh, what do you mean by branches? Side shoots. Oh, yeah, it does have them, oh, right. and then it oh. drops them off and goes up and produces more. Yeah. Because if you rubbed all the side shoots off, you could actually grow it up as a standard and then let the head, you could grow Pinch a standard. Head out then and you make it like a standard fuchsia. You all mean right? like just one single stem going a single up stem all the way up? With a nice round head on the top. They are, that's a thought for the day there, standard fuchsia. They are 84, was it 84 in- inches? <laughs> Pat in Malden. Hello, Pat. You've Hi got there, a hyd- hydrangea question. Yeah, my, my, I've got eight, eight of them, but I've got two, and the, the actual flowers are about uh, actually bigger than dinner plates. What do I do now? Because, I mean, obviously, you're not supposed to cut them till the spring, are you? So what do I do with the flowers? Enjoy them. Well, well if I can... <laughs> they're, they're all drooping down. They're so heavy that um, I don't know what to do with them. Sounds like one of these... Um, not a standard one, is it? White one. No, it's pink. Oh, right, that was normal. Very Not pretty, pink. but they're so heavy. There's about twelve on one. I've got them in big, great big tubs. Yeah, it's probably and it's probably much what we had earlier, where the, the plant isn't getting enough water quickly. I wouldn't necessarily prune them off. Just wait for it to cool down and keep watering. You'd probably keep them for a bit longer. Well, what are you going to do in the winter? They'll all be hanging all over, and you know, they'll be looking awful, won't they? No, they won't. They won't they'll because probably they'll, be, they'll go dry, and therefore they won't hang down as far because they dry. The head dries, and therefore it's not as heavy they're as. They're all hanging when... over the edges, and they're quite long actually. Well, if you're yeah. fed up with them, just cut them cut off. Them you off. won't do anything. <laughs> you'll lose your flower. But what about next year? Will they be, will they come back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's all I was worried about. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Help. Okay, right. Sorry. Thank Pat, you. Pat in Morden. Give us a call. We can fit you in. Come on, it's six minutes. 0800 111 And that was Pat in Morden. Let's do a few texts here. Hi, Ken and Dave. Any advice? Keeping my winter pansies flowering, apart from feeding and deadheading, every time I liquid feed patio plants, I put seaweed tonic on at the same time. Is that good to do? In fact, yeah. it's another one. Rob, you see, he's doing everything right. He's cut <laughs> them back. He's fed them, he's deadheading them, yeah. and people forget that actually, I know it's not good for your trade, for the, <laughs> for the, but actually you can keep winter pansies right through the summer, can't you, yeah. if you treat them right. Just keep, keep looking after them and more plants. You can cut the tops you, off they? them, can't you? Yeah, and that, cut and them just, down, flush them up. And, and they just keep on going. I don't know why this one's written high Ken and Dave. Because this is about daily. Oh, I mean, it's Dave, yeah, isn't it, aside. really? He's the dahlia <laughs> expert. How often do I need a feed my dahlias? And what with? Well, at the moment, I'm feeding <laughs> mine about every week. But once a fortnight is, is enough. And if they're starting to think about flowering now or are flowering, then tomato food or there's a grocery soluble, which is high potash. So you just want to give them high potash feeds and enjoy them all summer. So... High potash all summer, right through. Now, yeah. when do you, just so that he's um, Maureen's clear, how 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 long do you keep feeding? I mean, because remember, they're going to flower right till the frost. Keep going, yeah. While the plant's growing and they're producing the flowers, it becomes more important later because they've produced lots of flowers. The stems are start going weak, so you need to feed more 
And they'll still take it and up, even if even oh, the yeah. temperatures drop away. Yeah, they'll still take it, um, and it'll help to keep the stems up. And when it rains, when it does rain, they won't all end up looking at the floor and looking sad. Okay. A man asked about his tomatoes. I've got black fly on my tomatoes. Never had that before. Is, is it due to the weather? That's Gene in Harlow. They're running out of better places to go, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, really, it's just a damn good year for aphids. For aphid, and yeah. that's that's all you can say, really, isn't it? Uh, so they are. Um, and are there plenty of sprays that we can use on tomatoes? I mean, are there? There's veg oh, yeah. veg there's vegetable sprays. There's ones that are pure contact sprays, so you're not going to put it into the plant. And others that have got a fairly short cycle. Um, you do need just to use them and keep on top of them because um, the plant will weaken in the end. Okay. Um, Hi, Ken. I have a bird of paradise in a pot. I have put it outside. It's growing okay, but it's getting very tall. It has never flowered. I've had it just over a year. How can I get it to flower? Do I feed it? Do I feed it? Marilyn in Chadwell, St Mary. Do you feed yourself? Of course you do. So why not feed your plants? And a year in a it, pot for a bird of paradise without flowering is, is early days. Isn't it, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they take years but, sometimes and to... definitely don't feed it. Uh, don't pot it. Pot it. Don't no. pot it. Likes pushing the pot out. Keep it in the pot until it flowers, and, and then you know it's there. And feed it with tomato food, and that would work well, wouldn't it? It will. Um, right. Let's uh, now go to Irene in Herefordshire. Is that the hot? Is that Herefordshire or Hertfordshire? Chesant. Oh, hello in Chesant. <laughs> what can we do for you? Um, I have three hibiscus flower um, plants in my front garden. They're in the full sun all day. I've had them in there 10 years. Mm -hmm. They all bloom. They've all bloomed beautifully. But one, the last two years, it comes into lovely buds, but the buds never open. Or the other two do. <laughs> so what am I doing wrong? Plants are fickle things, you know. <laughs> they just don't like it sometimes. Um, they can... Yeah, but they're beautiful buds. Yeah. Yeah, when it's I, a bit like camellias. Them, they're green and the plant's not dying or anything. No. They're not, they're just un, unpredictable, quite yeah, honestly. they're not developing. They're... Are you feeding the plants? No, I don't feed them. Oh. They're out, they're oh. out the front in the full sun I'm, all day. Know, Dave, I do not get it. You know, we all eat breakfast, lunch and dinner <laughs> and a plant sits in the ground ten, and people ignore it. Ten them. years and not, not an ounce. <laughs> what, what should I feed them with then? Well, I, I would actually, without plants like that, use a, a, a blood fish and bone or a grow more, just a granular feed and plenty of water. Um, oh, and what, yeah. It's and going, and how, how often do I feed them? Once, once a week? Once a, once a month through, through the growing time. and oh, you'll once find, a month? Yeah, it's slower acting. Once a month, and you probably find next year those buds may form and open. But oh, you do I need to so. feed them water. When I put the food water. on, do I water it in? Yes. Oh, yeah. all right. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 40 41 and be part of the programme every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. 
The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. 